This week's episode is super near and dear to my heart. It's one of my first interviews in person, and which, side note, is why it sounds kind of echoey. I have a newfound appreciation for all audio engineers, anything that has to do with music, audio, you name it. This episode is super raw, really unfiltered, and it was nice to share a beer with someone right next to me. Jay has this special way of making you feel like you've known him forever. He made it so comfortable, so easy to talk about things that are hard to talk about. And it's just a really unique episode, especially coming from someone who's pretty much been through every level and able to speak to things that he's dealt with and still dealing with. So I hope everyone enjoys. Take a listen. I look forward to hearing what y'all think of it. got into it uh, post playing because let me just rewind like the real reason why I fell in love with yoga was it was the first time I ever walked into a room and I didn't have to say anything to anybody it was so cool for me to just be able to like walk in be in a space roll out my mat not to say shit to anybody about anything that had been going on the week before or a game or anything like that I was like cool I can just kind of zen out and be here then uh I was like my sixth or seventh year playing professionally. Ball gets clipped over my head. I turn, open up, and I'm just like on a dead sprint. Me and the striker are like going shoulder to shoulder. I pull away from him, and I felt my abductor rip, and it was one of the most excruciating pains in the world. Like it honestly felt like someone had crawled inside my shorts and was just stabbing the inside of my leg. Um, and then after that, my trainer was like, "Yo, dude." super inflexible like <laughs> you gotta figure this out and uh, my ex-wife at the time she had just got started getting into yoga and she was like honey why don't you just come with me to class and i was like all right cool whatever i'll go do this as like a honeydew and then kind of just like ended up falling in love with it yeah and yeah after after i got done playing for me uh it was actually something that kind of became an obsession a little bit too but also allowed me to go internal and kind of like really decompress and like filter through everything that had been going on ever since I had retired from playing. So. Obviously, we skipped over the main mm-hmm. point. You played <laughs> soccer. Kicked the ball around the field, yes. Kicked the ball around <laughs> a few times. Kind of want to do, I guess, a brief synopsis of mm-hmm. your career when it started to get more, like, you knew you were going to play on the next level, and then from there to, like, how it ended and why, yeah. and past that. 
Awesome. Um, let's see here. So, I was born and raised in Fort Worth, Texas. Follow all my Texans out there. I was really, really lucky. So, my youth team uh, that I played on, I think we had six or seven of us ended up playing professionally. By the time all of us had gotten to our senior year, all 18 of us that were on the team had committed to top 25 Division One schools. All of us were going somewhere. And the majority of them were actually going to SMU with me. Okay. It was actually really cool. Uh, we had like a pretty much like a full Texan like recruiting like class, which is what our club is also called the Texans. So okay. it, it we was neat. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was fun. Yeah, like I think about like guys that are on there. Like, so Hunter Freeman, who's now the head scout for FC Cincinnati, uh, Ramon Nunez, who got to play in the World Cup, uh, a couple of other guys that like really did some really well. There was a guy named Hiro who actually played in Japan for a little bit too. So like it was a really good, well-rounded group. And all this just kind of knew it was like special, you know? And like we realized that we were all good players, but we didn't realize like how good we were until we got to college. And like kind of all of us got to college and I remember we met up uh, the summer afterwards and all of us were just playing like a pickup game and we were like, yo, we gotta like kick it into gear like yeah. when we're back here and just like really push each other because we weren't quite getting everything we wanted. That, into my freshman year, I got invited to go train with, uh, got the FC Dallas, they were called Dallas Burn at the time. <laughs> that's, that's how long ago this was. Uh, but yeah, I got asked to go train with FC Dallas and then I started training there and Oddly enough, the coach there, Colin Clark, at the time, he became one of my professional coaches, and he just kept instilling confidence in me ever since I was 19 years old. And I just was like, okay, cool, this is what I'm going to do, this is what I'm going to do, this is what I'm going to do. Definitely put school on the back burner a little bit, or a lot of it. If you ask uh, some of my best friends, they go, like, you're an idiot. <laughs> but yeah, like I, that kind of became my thing. I was one of those guys that in spring season, like when we were off season, like I would go out, have fun and whatnot, but I'd still wake up at five o'clock, make my way out to like the men's field and play pickup for like four hours, just sweating out everything, but loving every single minute of it. And for me, I knew like deep down inside, I was like, okay, this is going to be something and this is going to be put into it. Um, you know, shout out to my parents for always like instilling confidence in me too, because they were big proponents of it. Just being like, Hey, keep going, keep pressing, keep doing your thing. And it just kind of all like worked out. My sophomore year, we made it to the Elite Eight, lost on a <laughs> banger of a goal. Uh, it was like one of those like curled like over the wall, and I remember like, hit his foot and I go, ah, fuck that goes in. <laughs> uh, then our junior year, though, we went to uh, the Final Four. That was like one of those years, like I was on set plays, and I think I had six goals that year or something like that. And uh, for I was playing center back at the time too, so it was a mix of just like getting my head on the ball in the box, and then also just like taking set pieces. And I was just, yeah, I was having a good year. There was a actually like talk of me coming out uh, after my junior year, and I decided to go back and play my senior year. Another like stellar season. I was a Herman finalist. I was you know all the All Americans and like Player of the Year and all that stuff. And yeah, you just kind of like knew it. Okay, this is all. Yeah. This is, okay, when you get to, yeah, so when, when all those things are kind of start happening, you're just like, okay, cool. Like, I remember the I lost. We lost in the second or third round uh, my senior year, and it was heartbreaking because we had been number one for like I think it was like 14 weeks that we were number one, and set like all like the shutout records and everything. And then of course like take a week off, and then you come in and you're like balanced, and you're just like shit. But I remember like the game ended. 
I was just in the worst mood ever. Went out, did all the stuff that you always do when you're like sad and like you know depressed and whatnot after a game. Uh, and then woke up the next morning, I had like 15 messages on my phone and they were just from agents or like teams and stuff like that, trying to talk and trying to figure out what my next move was gonna be, saying, oh, I'm so sorry, by the way, it's time for you to start thinking about your future. Um, and that all kind of like happened like really, really fast to be honest with you, because I think I got on a plane two days after that and I was flying out to LA. Uh, and I just started training like right away because <laughs> so I was like, all right, cool. I got the combine coming up. I got all this other stuff. So I just kind of jumped right into it. Um, I ended up getting drafted by DC United, which is awesome. Spent most of training camp with them. Uh, and this is <laughs> where kind of like my career, like right at the beginning of it got really interesting was, so this is back, MLS used to have these things called developmental contracts. Developmental contracts paid you $12,900 for the entire season. <laughs> and I remember after like my third or fourth practice, I had already like worked my way into kind of like training with like the starting 11 and whatnot too. And we were going through like all our drills and whatnot. And we actually had a CONCACAF uh, Gold Cup game, I'm not Gold Cup, uh, CONCACAF Champions League game coming up and we were playing in the quarterfinals. And Tommy, uh, the coach at the time comes to me, he's like, hey, we need to get you under contract because like you're definitely going to be on the roster and there's a good chance you're probably going to start. Some of the other guys are, are in national team camp and they weren't going to be back in time. And I remember thinking in my mind, I was like, all right, this is dope. Yeah, dude, like you just, I was like, I was like, show me that money. Let's go. And he goes, but the only spot we have available for you is the developmental deal. You gotta be fucking kidding me. <laughs> and of course I'm, the hard part was that I was, at the time I was 22 and someone's like literally sitting there being like, your dream is literally right here and we're about to put this like straight in front of you. I'm also sitting here going, $12,900 in DC is gonna last me like a day. <laughs> I was, I'll pay my rent. Yeah, exactly. I was like, I'll just be living on scraps. And so I called my agent and he was like, let me talk, obviously there was like, let me talk to him. I can't believe they even like talked to you about this. And I was just like, yeah, cool, whatever. So they got to talking and I stayed there for a couple more, like about another week or two. And in the midst of all this, a team in Puerto Rico had found out about what was going on. Called my agent, started talking to him about it, like, you know, we could definitely offer him something nice. So Puerto Rico's offer compared to what DC was offering was substantially better. <laughs> and then I had like my housing paid for, I was like two blocks off the beach, my car was paid for, like all that stuff. And I was like, oh, cool, I'm signing with that. At the time, I didn't realize how big a deal that was going to be. And it kind of, in a weird way, that that whole thing got legs of its own. Like there was actually like an ESPN article that was written about it and everything. And I was kind of like, oh, cool. Like it was actually like a nice thing for me to like stand up for myself and kind of like set the tone for the rest of my career of being like, yo, I'm not going to be pushed over. I'm going to stand up for myself. I'm going to make sure I get paid while I'm yeah. doing this. And at the same time, I just want to make sure I can still play. Uh, so I went down to Puerto Rico. It was an awesome experience. Like I, Puerto Rico is just always going to have a soft spot in my heart because it was the first time I'd ever lived outside the state of Texas. So yeah, of course we go from Texas, you know, huge state, <laughs> and the next thing you're like, oh cool, let's go, let's go live on an island in the middle of the Caribbean. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. So for me, it was paradise. But I really learned a lot about myself. Uh, you know, definitely fell in love with the ocean uh, while I was down there. That's always still like a big thing for me. 
And then you can kind of tell I'm just like a big old walking, talking beach bum. <laughs> I'm barefoot right now, y'all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, I was down there in DC, had a, I mean, not DC, in Puerto Rico, and had a really good first year. You know, uh, we made it to the semifinals. I got rookie of the year, kept playing well. And by then, I had already put myself kind of on the map. A team in Norway had heard about me and my, my agent, and they offered me up there for a trial. I went up there on a trial. Uh, things worked out there, and then spent two years up there. It was awesome. The first year was a, <laughs> they were like a flip flop team, and so like basically they would get promoted and relegated, promoted mm-hmm. and relegated. So when I got there my first year, the whole goal was just don't get relegated. And I'm like. <laughs> Awesome goals, y'all. <laughs> Don't Let's lose. Try it out. And that was, it was so cool because like, like you know, you're playing European football, and like that's something as a kid, like you just you're jonesing for that. Like, it's a dream. yeah, US was like, soccer is awesome, and it's so great to see where the sport is at now here, particularly in, like these stadium, like the Austin Stadium just got built. It's incredible. That is, that is better than I would say. 75% of the European stadiums I've played in. It is incredible like what they can do and produce now, and I'm just like, this is insane. It's so cool for the future of the sport. Um, but at the time, that, that was where I wanted to go. That was the dream, and that was where it was at, and I loved it. Um, you know, I learned so much about it. I learned I learned Norwegian, which was awesome. That's incredible. Yeah, I say the first year they were like spoke to me like English and stuff like that, because they all speak better English than I did, which yeah. was great. And then the second year I showed up, and they're just like, all right, homie. You're in. You're speaking Norwegian now, you're the captain of the team, so you gotta figure this thing out. And I was like, cool, it's probably a good idea. So picked it up pretty quick there. Um, I learned so much about the Norwegian culture and just like, so Alta, the team I played for, they're above the Arctic Circle and just learning so much about like the history up there and just the way people are and like what they value and like how easy it was and like simple and happy and just like very like pure pure was always the word that I always thought about when I think about my time in Norway um and it was just awesome you know I got to see I got to see the northern lights I got to experience 24 hour sun like and then like it's funny because like I talk about all these things and all these things happen because I played a sport you Mm -hmm. know and it's so beautiful and it's so great when that like harmony kind of like links up because I know that I'm insanely lucky to be able to have that. Like, I know, like, I've seen the North Sea and I've seen the Caribbean. Like, that's, like, pretty neat. I've I've laid down in 24-hour darkness and watched the Northern Lights for several hours. Like, it's one of those, like, cool things. I've also walked out of a nightclub at 3 a.m. and the sun's bright up. And next thing you know, I'm just like, what the hell am I right now? <laughs> um, so it's, like, really, really cool. And then also when I was over there, I did learn... I, I learned so much about myself because you are so far away from home. Time zones are a real thing. I was just up there with my then wife. That was a lot, you know, playing when we just have you two and at the time we didn't even have a dog or anything like that. So you was, go from being like surrounded by teammates who you grew up with to you are not speaking the same language as these people and yeah. like that's it. Yeah, and next thing you know, you just like you get done with practice and you're like, all right, cool. So you know, I'm still, <laughs> yeah, you're just like, I mean, like, that's a little funny thing is like that transition into the professional sport is like you're just a kid still. It is funny how it parallels a little bit between the when you first get started and also like when you end because like you still have no idea what you're doing when you do it, but uh, yeah. So from Norway, though, uh, I think it kind of was like alluding to is like we got homesick, is basically what it was, and 
an offer to come back and play in Texas. And I was like, all right, cool. Like, this is great. My ex-wife was from Austin, which then became Orlando City. Um, and so I was like, cool. Like, let's go back to Texas, play the season down there. Realized that was absolutely the last thing I ever wanted to do in my life. Like, it was kind of funny. It was like, I love Texas with all my heart and I'll always like consider that home for me. Um, but there was something about like, playing there that was awesome and fun but at the same time I was like I'm glad I got to do it and it made me appreciate it even more but I also knew that afterwards it probably wasn't going to be the best thing for me like balance wise like I couldn't I didn't feel like I could ever fully be myself when I was down there and I think that was partially that was partially on me and my age when I was I was like 26 I think or something like that when it happened and like I just didn't have time to like really like set boundaries what I needed to do with like my friends back home because you know, I've been gone for three years, and the next thing you know, I'm back home, and it's like, okay, cool, what do we do from there? Yeah. So, uh, Dean moved to Orlando, I think my exact words were, I came back home to be in Texas, not to go see Mickey Mouse, yes. and so I got released pretty quickly after that. <laughs> uh, went back down to Puerto Rico for two years uh, until the club went bankrupt, which was sad, because, like, I, again, like, I love Puerto Rico down there. We had just won the Caribbean Championship. We had qualified for more CONCACAF Champions League stuff, which was so much fun to play in and get to experience. And, yeah, it just kind of, there was a piece of me that, like, really broke, particularly in my career when that happened. I truly feel that way, because that was, I was actually talking to my dad about this the other day. Um, the happiest I think I ever was was after my first season back down in Puerto Rico, the off-season there because I just like surfed, paddleboard, worked out, did yoga. When you think of like beach life and like kind of those like surf bum hippies and stuff like that, it was like basically what I did during an off season, which was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was great. And so I, I was just super happy down there. And then of course the club went bankrupt and you know, I, at the time I was still was like, oh, I got years left in me, this is fine. Uh, and then moved to Tampa. That was an interesting move, you know? Uh, me and the head coach never quite really saw eye to eye with like tactics or thoughts and stuff like that. I got injured, uh, really struggled coming back from that. And, uh, that was the abductor one. Was one of, yeah, that was when I really kind of just started diving more and more into it. But uh, yeah, yeah, that was the abductor and then, the no and then I also broke my nose, <laughs> which, you know, that, that happened about four or five times. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's just like after that, um, yeah, I just never quite found my form there. They were coming off a championship season too, and they were like, I was like, they were like signing, I was gonna solidify like everything back there. And it's a lot of pressure. Yeah, it is, but it, like it was, but it wasn't. Like that's kind of like one of those things where I was like, at the time, like I was kind of like used to it a little bit, yeah. and like I never felt the pressure like I felt when I was in Norway or in Puerto Rico that very first year. Like, I think that was also like being new to it and like not knowing exactly what you're getting yourself into. And then in Norway, it's like, it, it, I always describe it as if you took basketball, baseball, football, throw in hockey too, throw it in a blender, stir it all up, throw 151 on top of it, light that bitch on fire, and then throw it. <laughs> and I'm like, that's kind of like the way it is like intensity wise because particularly in a small town, everyone knows where you are, everyone knows where you're going to eat, like, it's, like, very, like, simple and stuff, and, uh, yeah, it's a lot, you know, and, like, you want to do, like, you feel this, like, sense of, like, I always felt this way, um, particularly, I mean, it's probably because I was the captain of the team my second year, I specifically felt, like, this, like, sense of needing to perform for the town, like, it wasn't anything else, like, 
oh, I got to do this for like the family or my career or something like that. There's like, I got so kind of like enamored and in love with like the town and the people that like, I was like, my performance actually reflects them, you know? And so like, that was like my gift to them when I would like step out there, which is cool. Like I like loved that. And like, that's part of the reason why like, yeah, it's like my heart's like, like it's like 15 different places around right now or something like that. But uh, like, I do love it there. So that's my fun journey. And then after, I signed a three-year deal with Tampa after the second year. Um, you know, Coach and I had fallen out of favor, and they were going to trade me. And I just, like, quickly called my agent. I was like, shut them all down. I was like, every single person. <laughs> I was like, it's like, shut them all down. I don't want to move. We'll renegotiate into the year. And uh, my ex-wife at the time came to me, and, she, and we had an offer to go to Indy. And uh, I was like, hey. And she was just like, I don't want and she's like very honest about it she's like I don't really want to move again I had looked at like potentially being like okay cool it's like you stay here do your thing I'll go play the season come back and the idea of doing that when I was God, I was 30 at the time and I was like that just sounded terrible and so I'll never forget it vividly like like you know you have like some memories that are just like ingrained in your brain it's like I'll never forget, I was driving down Central in St. Petersburg. I was going to meet up with a buddy for a couple of beers. And I called my agent and I was like, I'm done. And he was like, are you sure? <laughs> and I was just like, yeah. I was like, Ram, I'm, I'm done, man. I was like, I just, I can't. You know, I was like, I don't want to live without, like, you know, my wife being around me. I don't want to, like, continue on this path. Uh, my ankle was pretty messed up at the time. Like, it was... Like, I could feel, like, the bone-on-bone compression in there, and it was just, like, really, really gnarly. And so, like, training, like, two days in a row was really tough. And so, like, that would be... That was kind of like another one of those things where I was, like, looking at it being, like, okay, like, I still somewhat have my marbles. I'm not sure they were all there to begin with, but, like, they're, they're still kind of intact. And then also that was starting to break down, so it's, like, time to, like, really just yeah. call it quits. Probably, I honestly probably could have, like, stretched it out, like, another, like, three years or something like that, but... Who knows what the body can hold up to so yeah well thank you for sharing no worries i know that's like it is interesting you think about when you're playing you're like okay i probably could have pushed through whatever this or that but then i never considered what does it look like when i'm done and i want to do something like i want to be able to pick something up or go around or do a push-up and not be able to no and like i think that's longevity, I guess. yeah i was like no one does that like, you know what I mean? Like, no, we all think that, I think the funny thing is, like, as a kid, like, you start, like, living out your dream. Next thing you know, you look up and you're just like, oh, I'm going to be able to do this forever. And then yeah. my send-off is going to be, like, Derek Jeter. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No one, no one send-off is like Derek Jeter. Except or Derek Except for Derek Jeter. Because, like, it, it's, that's part of what makes it so special. You know, the average life of a professional athlete is two and a half, three years. And that's because they get caught in the spin cycle and then you get flipped out. Honestly, if someone could tell you, hey, you get to play professional sports for two years as a 12-year-old, you're like, fuck yeah, I'm on that shit, sign me up. You know, but it it does come to a point where, like, you think that's what you're going to do. And it's really, really tough when you look up and you realize, like, for me, like, I retired when I was 30. I look up and I'm like, oh, man, if I do this right, I got another... 60 years left in me. And you aren't going to be doing the one thing that you were passionate about. Yeah. And we talk about, I've spoken with someone about like, how lucky are we to have found something that we love so much mm-hmm. and that we 
find so much joy and passion in it, can dedicate time and still enjoy it. I mean, there's definitely days I would go out to practice and I was like, no fucking way. Exactly. I wouldn't walk out here right now. <laughs> but then I'd leave and I'm like, that was fun. Like, I had a good time. But then when you're done, you're like, well, I mean, yeah, of course you can play yeah. in beer leagues, but nothing compares to that. And so how am I supposed to find something that tops that? Yeah. It's like... Like looking in the face of it is... Yeah. it's. Yeah. I mean, I think if you heard me talking to Billy like earlier, like he was asking me if I was playing, I was like, no, I was like, I don't. I love having the ball on my feet. I got two at the house, and like I'll like dribble around with my dog and stuff. But the idea of me like getting out on the field and playing is—it's tough for me because like there very much is like two sides of my personality. Like when I'm out there playing, and then like where I'm at right now is like it's—it's it's, like a different like fierceness and passion, and like it's—it's it's a it's a love that shows up in a almost violent way sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not the best way to describe it, but at the same time, like, it's just something that, like, it, it's like, you know, in Spanish you say ganas, it's like, it's like passion, and it's just like, it just burns in you, and it's, uh, it's tough, like, I, I love it, like, it's, it took me probably three years, two, three years before I really wanted to watch the game again. To and, watch it? Yeah, to watch games, like, uh, so Hunter, like I mentioned before, like, we grew up playing, like, he was in town a couple times, like, playing... And I'd always just, he'd text and be like, hey, he's like, got to get the game, if you want to go? And I was like, meet you after the game, meet you after the game, meet you after the game. And oddly enough, the first game, like, I'd been to in person since I had retired was to watch him play when he was playing in Puerto Rico. It was, like, really kind of, like, one of those, like, weird moments when yeah. I was, like, out there because I was watching one of my best friends who, like, I have, you know, I've known Hunter since I was, like, 12 years old or something like that. And we played together since we were 14. And it was just... Is this really cool like friendship that like got built that way, and I felt so much joy watching him play and whatnot too. And then also at the same time, in the back of my mind, I'm sitting there being like, I miss this, you know, like I do miss that game day feel. I do miss all that. I, oddly enough, like I hadn't been to another game until he was most recently in town. Scott, uh. Scott in the Cold Cup days, <laughs> he called me. He was like, "You want to go?" I was like, "Yeah." By the way, it's like you're not playing, so this is gonna be nice being able to sit up here and have some drinks with you and watch yeah. a game. So. Uh, I know it's it is weird. I went to the Rapids game the other day, and like I by no means played at the level or even close to what they play at. But just the idea of like when the national anthem is happening, or like they're out there warming up, and the feelings that I know they're having, and the excitement of songs are on, people are cheering, even if the people for us it was our parents. Like you know, it, it is a feeling that you don't get ever really again did you find yourself getting like those little like game day like jitters yeah, to a little like, bit too? Yeah. it's like not even butterflies it's just like here we go like, it's like a it's, let's it's go, funny let's go. so i was reading a book um the other day and it was talking about like your like it's like your, it's neuroscience basically what it is and it talks about how when people watch sports it, it actually encourages them and makes them want to actually get out and be active i like unpacking things and like peeling back the layers more and more and more and i was just like oh so that probably explains why I had such a tough time and why, like, you know, subconsciously I was avoiding it because I was like, cool, like, if I don't see it, you can't feel it. I can't feel it, you know, yeah. which is partially, is really, like, the problem that you run into because, especially when you're, like, going to your next stage of life, it's because you're just like, oh, if I don't address it, I don't have any problems. It doesn't exist. Exactly. I can just be happy-go-lucky and shoot yeah. the shit and do whatever I want to do. <laughs> did you, what did it look like, so when you called your agent, week after that 
Right. Did you still continue on the rest of the season or the rest of like training or was it kind so of? So I like basically we had told him to shut down all the trades and then I showed up into the office, uh, well the office, the locker room, and <laughs> I got met by the GM. Hey, let's have a meeting. I was like, all right, cool. I know exactly where this We're one's on going. Page. Yeah, he's like, I know exactly where this one's going. He goes, so we spoke to like, who are you talking to? And he's talking to some team. And he goes, so we spoke to him. He goes, yeah. He goes, and then they called your agent. I go, okay. And he goes, yeah, apparently they shut it all down. And I was like, yeah, that's about right. And he goes, so uh, we're just going to tell you this. We're going to pay out the rest of your contract. However, uh, we're not going to make any announcements till the end of the season. So what I need you to do is to clean out your locker room and just enjoy your paycheck and keep coming in until the rest of the season. That was like literally two days after I called my agent. I spent the next, I would say a majority of the next week, week and a half just having fun. Like I was like, I'm getting paid. I'm not doing anything. My body feels great. I felt like I was like on a mini vacation. You know, yeah. I was, I was living in Florida at the time and I was like, cool. I was like, you know, we're out on the beach, just hanging out, getting to spend time at home. This is great. And then I remember it vivid, well, another vivid memory. <laughs> I was driving to Chick-fil-A about like two weeks in and I was trying to pick up breakfast burritos for us and I had the biggest anxiety attack I think I'd ever had in my entire life. Like I had all like the tightness in my chest and just like hard time breathing, like rolling down the windows and whatnot too. And I had anxiety because I realized for the first time since I was like, you know, I've been playing soccer since I was four. And I remember for the first time in my life, there was not a set schedule for me to practice or even show up to a game. That scared me so, so much because for once in my life, I really had nothing to make sure I got up in the morning besides like, you know, all the other stuff like was what it was. Like, yeah, 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 exactly. It's like, that's like another thing. It was like, I never had a reason for me to wake up and actually physically go somewhere and immediately start my day with like something I love. It scared me. It scared me so much. Um, and sadly, like, part of being an athlete and like, virtually a professional athlete, and as much as people say like, oh, it's, it's not true, and like, it, is, it might not be as true as it is today, but back when I was playing, this is what it was, you just gutted it through. Like, you would be hurting, you might be mentally in a bad spot, like, you just gutted through it. You didn't want to tell anyone about it because people would prey on it. Or like you didn't want to receive it to your week or give someone and like for me, I'd seen so many times when a young kid had taken advantage of an older player being like mentally down and needing a couple of days. Kid comes in, wipes the guy out, suddenly you got a kid that's doing the exact same job the older player was doing for about half the price. And I was like, It's a business man, like you have to keep going. And from then that I like I really shut down. Like, I became, I already was really good at deflecting, but I became so fucking good at deflecting. <laughs> that meme where you see, like, the person in the fire and the whole house is, like, burning down and you go, this is fine. This is fine. <laughs> I'm fine. fine. Everything's fine. At the time, I didn't have, like, a beard. So, for y'all, this is a podcast. I have a beard. <laughs> Shit, I just realized that. Um, but, like, I didn't have my beard at the time. And like I'd always been not clean shaven, but like super, way shorter than this, yeah. you know. And like I was walking down the street, and well, I was walking. I wasn't walking down the street. I was sitting at a bar. I was sitting at a bar having a beer, and this fan comes up to me, and 
this literally comes and taps on his shoulder and he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, what do you mean, what am I doing? What is it? I'm having a beer. Yeah, what are you okay, doing? okay, what am I doing? And I, this is the thing, is like, I didn't realize it was a Saturday. But this kind of also shows like the mental state. Oh, yeah. like, and he goes, you have a game in two hours, dude. Like, you need to be at the stadium. And I was just like, hey, buddy, like, I haven't been on the roster for like two weeks now or something like that. Like, you think maybe something's up and like, I'm just like doing my thing. And he kind of was like, no, 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 come on, like, I'll drive you to it, like, we'll, we'll get you there, like, right away. And I was like, no, I was like, I'm good. And I'm like, you know, I'm and I, so, so I left, and, like, I'll, my ex-wife at the time, she goes, you should just grow a beard and hide in person. It was weird because, like, I just kind of did. Yeah, it kind of just became, like, this, like, hiding thing, you know? And so I was deflecting, I was hiding. It became this whole other thing and ordeal that... I didn't see it coming and it's like still tough for me now because like I still like first of all like I don't really talk much about my soccer career now which is actually like, kind of funny because like when you think about it it's like 30 years like <laughs> it's, a, it's a long time of your life yeah. but also like a long time of your life and a really incredible career that like you speak so highly of your experiences and you are smiling when you're talking about the teams you played on and it's like it's tough that a sport that you said brought you so many places. It's hard to talk about. Yeah. Just because. Yeah. It, it, uh, Cheers. Cheers, y'all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it, um, it's really weird because, like, it, it has brought me so much joy. And it brought me so many opportunities. And it brought my, it didn't just bring me so much joy. It brought my family so much joy. Like, I remember my rookie year. It was so cool having literally like my entire mom's side of the family <laughs> down there almost uh staying in like a hotel like on the beach and like getting them they got to come to the games my grandfather my grandfather uh we'd sneak out and go to the casinos like i remember there was like one morning i was walking over to go see them for breakfast before i went to the stadium and <laughs> i like walk in and you just see this van like creepily old man hops out and i look over and i was like <laughs> he goes, don't you say a fucking word. <laughs> it was the only time I'd heard him cuss the entire life. Of course, I'm just sitting there being like, how much did you lose? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like it is like crazy to think that like I suppress it so much like ever since I stopped playing. And it's very honest and like, open with everyone about this. Like I go to therapy every two weeks. And it's specifically to help me like address these things because I realized how much I learned to internalize and not actually learn how to speak my emotions. It's been tough, you know, it's been really tough. It's, it led to a lot of things like post-career, like I got divorced clearly because I keep saying ex-wife, a bunch of other like failed relationships and stuff and like that. And it's like one of those things where like you look at yourself and you just kind of have to go, okay, dude, like there's clearly something that you need to address here. And it, and it shows up like differently, like in every single way, you know, but it, uh, it definitely is something that I like was super happy when you reached out because I was like, okay, cool. Like, this is actually part of my work is actually talking about my experience and then also putting it out there for other people to be like, hey, like, this sucks. But at the same time, like you can get through it and there are ways to do it. You just, there's just no playbook for it. I think it's such an opportunity and most of my, I mean, I think everyone actually has been college. So this is my first professional conversation, which is really incredible. And I think some really key differences of in college, like you have so many other things going on, and then when you're done practice and you play pro, your life is dedicated to one thing, and so then 
when you don't have that one thing, it's like, okay, well then, who am I without it? Because that's all I've had. And yeah. it's taken me across the world. Yeah. Like I said, like, it's that Chick-fil-A moment where I'm just like, oh crap, like, crap. <laughs> you know, like. What am I supposed to do? Yeah, exactly. Like, you get in, like, rhythms and the routines. And, like, they are designed that way to, like, make sure, like, you truly are set up for success. Like, that's, like, one of the coolest things about professional sports. You're set up for success. Like, literally, every single day. You show up, everything's laid out for you. Yeah. Like, everything's pristine, clean. Like, you have a gym, like, literally right beside yeah. you. And like, someone telling you what to do. Exactly. Like, you're yeah. perfectly fine the entire time. Oh, you're done with practice. Cool. Here's lunch. Like, you know what I, I mean? Like, I was just yeah. yeah. I walked out of a workout today, and there was someone brought in, like, uh, protein shakes. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. this is great. Yeah. Just like old times. We're so fortunate yeah. to have everyone at our disposal to help us, and that's what their job yeah. is to help us. And so it's, it's something that I, I didn't realize, and I didn't have it. At the same level. It's, it is nuts. Like, it's, uh, in a weird way, like, you're just set up to press play. And I went back and forth on it with, like, my friends, because I'm like, I don't know what's tougher. To sit there as, like, a college athlete, be done with it, not ever getting your shot, you know? Because, like, that is, like, one thing that does either people's, like, oh, like, I could have done this, I could have done this, I could have had my shot. I do believe people fall through the cracks and whatnot too. I also do believe like most of us professional athletes are deep down psychos and we can go to a different little place like mentally that like not many people want to talk about, but like you just, you go to it and like you just like figure out a way to make it happen. I don't know if that's worse or someone like someone like my situation where like, okay, cool. Like you finished up when you're 22, there's still tons of time for you to be able to figure out the rest of your life. And it does suck. Like don't get me wrong to be 30 and I considered myself still a kid basically now. It's like when I look back on it, I was like, I was nowhere near the emotional maturity of what most 30 year olds probably were. Well, because you miss the, when you kids get out of high school and go to college and they don't play a sport, they have that development. Okay. Or you get out of high school, play a sport in college, mm -hmm. you don't play pro, and now you have the development. Mm -hmm. But then it's like now you're having that development that. Some people have when they're 19, some people have when they're 22, you're 30, but you're still having, you can't skip it, like, yeah. you can't skip that stage. Yeah. To say, like, lost would be a <laughs> understatement and a half, but yeah, like, it's just a very, very lost, lonely, lonely feeling, and like, like I said, for me, like, I'm almost seven years out of it now, you know, and still shows up. Not doesn't just show up like in daily life. It, I mean, it shows up in like relationships and stuff like that too. I think something that I remind myself, the process isn't linear. It's like a weird, I'm happy. I'm not waking up and going to practice or I'm not waking up and having to train because we have preseason coming up. Yeah. But then also like, I would love to go play on the field every day. Yeah. And I love coming to work, but like, it was so fun waking up to go play. Absolutely. Um, and so it's like, I feel guilty because I'm so happy to not maybe be doing that, but also like I miss it. And I'm also excited and happy that I'm not still doing it right now because I don't want to go through what I have been going through. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's so tough. And like, you know, I, I think you've heard me talk about like how like rough it's been since I got done. There are so many skills I got from that where I was just kind of like, all right, you know what? Fuck this noise. Yeah. <laughs> you just I'm, get shit I am not going to let myself go out like this. Yeah. I am not going to let this be my story. And I'm not going to let just a couple of things define my life. Like, And that mm -hmm. was like the biggest thing that 
I always try to like come back to, particularly like when I start. I also am like so lucky about this. Like I have such a great family. My mom and dad have been there through like some pretty dark stuff. It's great for me to know that I have them. They show up and like love me and like they show up and they give me support and they also show up and smack me on the back of the head when I need to be smacked on the back of the head. Everyone needs someone like Yeah, and so that is one thing that like I have to give them credit for the entire time is they don't let me forget about that and they don't let me dodge those questions or talk about those things. Like they, they hold me accountable for me being me and to me being not just post-athlete Jay but actually like complete Jay. Yeah. Like being a guy who used to do this and now does this. Like it's, it's pretty cool that they can see that and they help push me to do that. Everyone needs that. Like, I don't know what the support system is and like, whatever they have, but like, honestly, people out there is like, you need to have people that are gonna be able to hold you accountable to your highest self. Yeah. I have another friend there uh, back in Texas, his name is Dario. And Dario, I never forget, like he took me back to SMU and I was, I was just in a bad spot. Like, <laughs> mentally, I was just like, I had just like broken up with somebody. I was just like, dude, like I'm, all over the place like I must have been a miserable asshole to her <laughs> this sucks poor girl then like I'll never forget like we went out we like just drank and stuff like that and he's like when was the last time you tested me I was like he was like I haven't been back since like forever I feel like so he jumped to me back and like we hopped the fence went to the field and he like sat there he's like dude he's like don't fucking forget who you are it was awesome to like have like a friend that has seen you through like your developmental stage as a kid and like who you like became and like also like also seeing you spiral out you know yeah. and that is like someone that like I'm eternally grateful for and it's just like great to have friends and people that like truly love you in like a, a different way that like hold you accountable to like being that like best self that you are so I'm lucky that I have that because I know that not everyone does and I also know that without those people probably wouldn't be like sitting here like you know talking about stuff today <laughs> it yeah. might be in a completely different scenario or yeah all that that's like the one thing is the support system whatever it looks like was my saving grace and i think that's a common theme in each episode that's like something that's mentioned not farting <laughs> excuse <laughs> me yeah. um moving on from that what is one thing that you did obviously we spoke about yoga yeah um that you found you could go back to every time to help you oh man uh <laughs> it, it's funny because that evolves for me that really really does for me like i look at stuff as like chapters in your life right um so it's a whole story that's like built up and told um and there's like in different chapters different things are going to feed you and and feed your needs at that time. Um, so for me, when I first got done, yoga and and CrossFit <laughs> became my, like everyone goes to CrossFit becomes my outlet, and it was same same but different reasons, right? So movement and meditation and yoga, right? And being able to like really dive in deep, CrossFit. Not really talking to anybody besides just being like, let's go. Yeah. Loud music, movement, pushing yourself to a deeper level. The way someone explained yoga to me, this is like one of my teachers. You know, we do all the postures to prepare the body to sit. That actually makes sense to me. There was something about pushing myself and my body to a point where I was just actually comfortable, like numbing my mind, 
experience this thing called pratyahara, which is sensory withdrawal that they talk about. Being able to sit, and that was my way of like losing myself and like honestly like feeling good. So like that's how like my first couple of chapters started out with uh, that as my fallback. Golf has been a big one lately. I'm a big water baby now, so stand up paddling is like my thing. Like I love that. Just get me on the water. Like I always tell my friends, like they always laugh. Like what happens when you go to Florida? I go. Well, basically, you know, I have my friend driving to the beach. I just rip all my clothes off and I go jump in the water for about two hours. <laughs> and I was like, and then I'm good to go. This is going to sound kind of funny, but like recently I've actually fallen out of my yoga practice, like completely. And actually just in the past couple of days have like really gotten back into it. So it's been nice to kind of like sit with it. And I do know part of the reason though why I had been avoiding it is because I did not want to sit with myself currently right now. Because there's like some stuff that's come up for me and I'm just like, all right, cool, like, do we want to address this? No, all right, everything else is kind of okay. And I know that when I go to the studio, <clears throat> I know that when I practice, like it's, you know, some people look at it as like, ah, it's a great workout. I'm like, it, it is a great thing. It is wonderful to move your body and stretch it and all that stuff like that. I was like, but I'm, again, I'm moving it, I'm stretching it, and I, it just to get to a point where I can sit and have some clarity. And that clarity can come for a minute, that many clarity can come for 20 minutes. It's, it's such a beautiful, blissful thing when it happens, and it helps me. And like that is something that like I truly know that I have to keep incorporating in my life, particularly now because I cut it out for a chapter or two. <laughs> but here I am coming full circle. So it's uh, you know as McConaughey would say, green lights. <laughs> sure. it, well, that's also why like, so many people keep coaching. I know, I was actually going to ask you if you coached at all. Uh, oh, yeah, actually I did. Um, so I was the technical director of like the U14, U11 through U14 for a club, like right after I got done. Uh, the scouting report on me was always the same. It was, it was a good player will be a way better coach. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's the best scouting report, but whatever. <laughs> I'll take it. I was like, I'll take it. So like, I, I love the game. I see it like... I see the game so differently as, like, I just, I love watching it. Like, I love watching the small nuances, the movements, and just the way it, like, flows. And, like, you know, like, defenses are, like, an accordion. You know, like, it's stretched and then it gets narrow. And, like, moving off the attackers, like, movement one, movement two, and, like, pulling and twisting. Like, it's, it's like, I can nerd out on it for hours and days. But, yeah, I, I did coach, and I was so pissed off at the world. It particularly just like the way like everything ended and I was so angry and mad inside and scared that I just pushed it all away and it is still something that my dad who I know will probably listen to this pops I hear you uh, <laughs> um, he actually keeps telling me he's like you know just go get your license go get it done and I actually just started looking like this past week like I actually started looking up in positions and whatnot too so like I do like that, that for me is like such a big progress is like wanting to get back and involved in the game even if it's just like a tiny level I don't care like, yeah. what's <laughs> your idea like the age that you got to be around I don't know because I go back and forth with it too um, like kids are great and like I love coaching them but I also know like I know how I work and like I know that I'll get there and I'm like oh this is cool great 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 and then I'll watch the older kids and I'm like oh, I can do that better yeah and then I'll want to go move up and then I'll move up and then next thing I'll be like oh I want to do that better I want to do that better so it's like I know that once I get going, like I'll eventually want to work my way up to the highest level I possibly can, wherever that would go. Um, 
And so we'll see. But like that's uh, that's something like I do love the sport, and it's something that like I, I do need to figure out a way to get back to it because it has been as much as it is like a, a weird up and down rocky love affair. It has been very good to me, and it has been very loving to me, and has provided me so many things. So like that's one of those things. I feel like right here, like you guys can see this is the point to the pit of my stomach. Um, but like I feel it there to like just like really want to give out and give back. And again, like a lot of times when people think about giving back, they think about doing it with like the youth that are coming up to help shape tomorrow. I was like, yeah, but I feel like you can also give back to adults. Say you do get back and get involved and get involved in the professional stuff. You can actually talk to players about like what we're talking about today. <laughs> That's a ne next step. So yes, you can prepare for the game and have all these other nuances and have all the strategy and stuff like that. But you can also be a mentor and a guide to help them not have to go through that tough time period. Um, you know, like one of my favorite uh, coaches of all time is Phil Jackson. And it's because Phil would always implore some kind of other like, you know, mental knowledge for people, you know? Like, you know, everyone talks about his like Zen Buddhism and stuff like that. And like, I also heard that he assigns every single player a book to read for the year. One book, the entire season, <laughs> which like, there's something that's like really cool about that, knowing that he would do that, specifically pick it out based off that player and where they were at. That's something that's like really, really cool and neat. It's also why he's won, what, 11 championships or something like that? 13 total or something? I'm yeah. like, yeah, it's the reason why. Something past just an athlete. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, and, then, and like, that's just it too. It's like everything, like for me, like the people that make the biggest influence are left, they go past that service level. You know what I mean? You have to have that depth and whatnot. Yeah. What was one thing that you wish you had when you were finished? Oh, that's a good one. Um... Just someone to tell me it's gonna be okay. I, for a long time, didn't think it was gonna be okay. You know, I've kicked around like ideas with my buddies about like how athletes should be set up for like when they get done. Is the biggest thing for me is that people need someone to talk to, not a family member, not someone else like that. They need a professional therapist yes. to talk to. When did you start going to therapy? Five years. It took me five years to get to therapy. Yeah. Um, I yeah. just, I mean, I just, I'm like going into that, and I yeah. just started. This is what I do love about like what's going on with athletes today, of them, all the athletes like speaking out and whatnot about how important mental health is. I'm like, it is so important. <laughs> it is so damn important. Yeah. I, I wish that they would even just provide it and have it for athletes like right away, like right when you get going. And yeah. like we talked about like having like the best in care and all that. Your nose breaks, your face is broken. I was just what? About to say that. Yeah, like, <laughs> what are we gonna do? We're gonna get you the best plastic surgeon. We're gonna we get will you have things. you an X-ray and MRI tonight. Exactly. Like everything's gonna be done. Don't even worry about it. And by the way, we're gonna have you back in like two weeks. Can we just get some fucking therapists in there so they can actually talk to people and be like, hey, how's it going? You just went from playing on a team with 18 to 22 year olds. So now you're playing on a team with people that range from 17, because people turn professional playing soccer when they're 17, all the way up until guys that are about 40. Now that skips two demographics if you do it from any like Nielsen rating or anything like that right there. And your adulthood looks insanely different than what anyone else's adulthood looks like. And it'll always look different now. Exactly. And now you have a title that you will carry with you and this is probably going to be something that is going to hurt you when you lose that title or lose that space, it's like, how can we actually set you up to talk about this, to be comfortable, one, with yourself, and then also, two, 
with where you're going and what your plans are for the future. Definitely. I just wish someone would have asked me like a long way, like, hey, what is your interest? And I've been like, oh, you know, I'm interested in this. And market like investments yeah. and stuff like that. or cool. even thinking about like yeah. having you can have interests outside of exactly it'd be good if you have interests outside yeah. of soccer and that's and that's the funny thing is like i don't think people and this is definitely more old school than it is like new school now new school now i do feel like they promote that and promote people to like venture out it's totally. it's like the reason why lebron james has made so much money i hate saying it but like big mj fan y'all <laughs> fucking mess with that <laughs> <laughs> I like he had, he he's done such a good job getting himself out there in different markets. Like I think I mean, he's like so he's partial owner of Liverpool. He's like my favorite club, and I'm like that is actually like a brilliant business move yeah. with everything that he's doing. He's made so much money doing it because he's had people to guide him along the way. And it's like I wish that someone would have just asked me along the way, "Hey, where do your other interests lie?" Some people do have that those conversations, but they back when I was there, that didn't happen as much, and like it didn't really help for people like be able to like see the other the future what they have to hold and it's just would be nice for someone to be like hey cool you like this great this is what you need to do you got plenty of off time just like start reading about this learn about that and by the way here's a list of people that you can contact along the way that can help give you guidance so you would not only just be building like your soccer career or professional athlete career but you would also be building for your future because so much of like what we think for like sports for the future is like you either get your big contract during the off season or you're prepping for the next game. <laughs> Those are two very, very big extremes right there, but there's nothing in there that usually takes you past the age of 40, if you're lucky. You know? yeah. Shout out to Brady, playing forever, 65. <laughs> if Jay now could tell Jay seven years ago something, uh -huh. what would you tell him? Should have started two years ago. <laughs> No, uh, <laughs> um, if myself now could have told myself something seven years ago, don't be so hard on yourself. I have this ruthless voice in my head, like, it just kicks me in, like, this thing. Like, it's been with me since I was a kid. Like, I think it's, like, also probably to your success. Yeah, like it is a very much a double-edged sword. Like it would kick the living shit out of me if I had a bad game. It would just, just eat my head. It is partially like what is my success, but at the same time, when there's nothing to really give it that outlet, that thing becomes the nastiest, gnarliest monster I've ever had. It would show up, and it wasn't like I was like purposely being a dick or anything like that at all. It was just me. It was partially because I was being so hard on myself and just being like, you have more, you have more, you have more, you can do better, dude, you can do better, you can do some better in so much other things, why the fuck are you doing this? Like, you should be here, you should be here, and it, and it still shows up, like, you know what I mean, it's still, I'm not saying, like, it's perfect now or anything like that at all, I just know how to, like, handle it and be like, hey, fuck off. Be easy on yourself because, specifically as a professional athlete, you're so used to things getting done so fast, like, you're just used to being like, okay, cool, we're going to work on this within a couple of weeks, we're going to be good to go. Because you're working on it, like, daily, 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 daily. When you get done playing, and you're just like, hey, I'm working on my entire life. That is not going to happen daily, 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 <laughs> or in two, three weeks where stuff's going to be figured out. It's just super tough, because, like, you have to be, like, super honest with yourself, like, with where you're at. 
And part of being honest with yourself is like being easy on yourself. And the other thing I would tell myself, and it's okay to not be okay. I was not okay and I didn't want to tell anybody. You know, and like that was that was my biggest mistake because like I said, that did lead to like my divorce and like a whole bunch of other things uh, that kind of just spiraled out of control for a long while, you know. Like I'm not and I'm not gonna sugarcoat it and just say it's been easy and stuff like that. It's been pretty dark and pretty gnarly, you know, at times. Got out of it and still working on it. Yeah. <laughs> still getting there every day. It's it's okay to not be okay. And that's like something that's like very important for a lot of people to hear because there is like a humility and like a very I'd say freeing uh, feeling that you get when you can finally come to someone and just like kind of break. You know, most athletes like you don't really know you know your breaking point, but you you put God, you redline it straight up to that thing. Yeah, just, I like, mean, well, you kind of like touch it a little yeah. bit, and then there's like, ah, oh, shit, that's hot, but like I want to go past it. <laughs> it's like you know your physical breaking point. Yeah. The voice in your head, of course, too. Is yeah. You can keep going. There's often no like outward breaking point, yeah. like a broken leg or a broken arm. Yeah. But like yeah, that that mental break is just fuck. That thing is fucking. It's weird and it's, sc- it's so scary. It's really scary. Like that, like. Especially the, if you don't. You've never talked about it, people do. Oh, yeah. This is why I'm also super happy that y'all are having this podcast is because, like, this is such a great thing for people. I actually didn't talk about, like, my experiences with it until probably, like, two years ago, to be honest with you. Like, I had just been stuffing it down, and, like, it took me forever to, like, really break. I'll never forget. There was, like, one weekend where I just, I numbed myself. Let's just put it that way. Like, numbed myself as best as I possibly could. And I think I probably ate my weight, like, twice in it too on top of it which was great but I didn't get off my couch for like two days and that was the day after that was when I started going to therapy and I just remember like I bawled I'm just tired of feeling this way I have so much more to like want to do and like you know there's people that I love that I'm like legitimately Heismaning would be like an understatement like I'm just being like an asshole I'm like I'm like cool it's like what can I do to blow this relationship up oh yeah cool let's yeah. just go ahead and go for that right now yeah, it's like yeah which is like so weird because like I really did like care about this person and like care about like my family too like I was I was avoiding going home like I didn't I didn't go home for probably like I want to say like two three years like I just avoided Texas which think about that like you know like I mean, it's a big fucking state yeah. I just avoided it and it was because I just didn't want to deal with it. And, like, I just mentally was just in such a bad spot where I didn't want to talk about anything. Because if I talked about anything, it's the same thing we talked about. It's like, if I admit it, then it's an actual reality. It becomes real. Exactly. But if not, I'm still my same person. I am enjoying myself. I am doing all As far all as anyone knows, we're good to go. Exactly. Exactly. So, like, that was, that's something that, like, I really do wish that someone would have told me it's like hey it's okay to not be okay right now it's okay to be scared mm-hmm. that's really what it is because like even, I mean, still even today when I think about like what do I want to do like 10 years down the road I'm still searching you know yeah. thanks for sharing that of course everyone on different levels goes through it I think everyone I've spoken to about it has had one of those like what the fuck kind of staring in the face of a, a like demon or some, just something that you're like terrified of but then you feel alone in it even though everyone's like experiencing it changing topics just a bit 
The yeah. last question. Last one. What is your rockout song? All right, so do love me some hip hop. I also do love me some old school country. That's fair. I also do love me <laughs> some good old deadhead stuff. So. Oh my god. Um, let's just pick one. Uh, the walkout song of Jay's life. The walkout song of my life. Good god. Damn. Hold on, give me like three seconds. Two. Rest of my life. Soja. Okay. S O J A. Look them up. They're great. Love them. Great. Well, thank you so much. Thank I appreciate you, you sharing. This is my in-person interview yesterday, but first in-person like professional athlete cool. speaking to that. So I appreciate you on everything you shared. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me.